Yes, this is Free Talk Live, the Monday kick-ass edition. Uh, We're here uh, to talk about whatever you like. The toll-free number is, of course, 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass, and I'm joined by... It's Ian. Nice. Welcome, Ian. Hey, yeah. How was uh, how was Liberty Forum? I don't know. You don't? Oh, that's right. You didn't, I'm not allowed. You didn't actually get to go in. <laughs> Did you hear any anecdotal uh, tales of how Liberty Forum was? Well, they moved it to a different hotel. You're referring to the Free State Project's yearly wintertime convention that happened over the weekend in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. And it was at a new hotel this year, so it was actually in its fourth hotel. They uh, They moved it to... Near the airport instead of downtown Manchester, so uh-huh. the hotel that they had it in this time was arguably a better venue because, I mean, the the one that they used to have it in, in downtown Manchester, is a fine venue. It's the largest convention center in all of New uh, New Hampshire, but it was just too big for the Liberty Forum. The Liberty Forum is not the size that it once was. It used to be an event that attracted Ooh. several hundred people. You know, I, I, of course, its peak was when Ron Paul spoke in like 2008 or 2009. I forget which year it was, but right, right. Um, I mean, then they needed a huge venue, but now it's just not like that um, anymore. And it's it's actually sad what's happened to to Liberty Forum. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad event. It's I'm sure it's still a fine event in its own right. It's just for whatever reason, it doesn't attract the and this is what people tell me right like i haven't been in four years right you can't give any firsthand you know knowledge right right. but what people tell me is that the bulk of the attendees now are new hampshire locals meaning that the people who maybe migrated here because of the free state project uh that are attending this event and it didn't used to be that way it used to be the bulk of the attendees were from outside of new hampshire and so not only are the numbers down so i've heard that it's no more than a couple hundred people uh-huh. Uh, not only are the numbers down, but the because it used to attract like five to eight hundred, so it's way down compared to what it used to be. I, I heard it was as low as like just over a hundred last year, but you know people don't know, yeah, right? Yeah. Like they don't release those numbers, so it's just what it's just what people look around and see. And Although what they think. I, I can say just you know as as a musician, there's nothing worse than you know booking a show at a place that's bigger than your draw. You yeah, know? it looks empty. Like uh, we did a CD release show at a place that held. I don't know, man, probably like could have held a thousand or something, you know, and people showed up. Yeah, it was, you know, and like you could tell we had a videographer doing some video stuff for us, you know, and like it just looked empty. (laughs) Right. Uh, And so that that was, I think, a smart move on their part to move to this new hotel because the area they have for conventions is smaller. So a smaller amount of attendees looks better in a smaller space. So they made that that move. It was a good move for them. Also, the other hotel is not in the heart of Manchester. It's sort of on the outskirts by the airport. So the property is, you know, it's a larger property, meaning there's more parking. The other location, it was like you had to get into a parking garage and then you had to get your parking validated. And here at the hotel, it's just, you know, park where you need to park. And right. You're good to go. So there's plenty of space to kind of spread out and it wasn't as cramped. Uh, but, but you were invited to a thing that was out 
in that area, right? Yeah, I was at the Alt Expo. The Alt Expo. The the Alternatives Expo, which is the sort of the fork from uh, the Liberty Forum. It was created in 2007 at the first Liberty Forum. You're always on, like, the the cutting edge of, like, the new stuff, right? It's not new, though. It's old. No, but I mean, well, you know, the forks and, you know, all that kind of stuff compared to, like, a regular Joe listening to the show tonight. You know, you're certainly on the edge of stuff. I guess. I mean, they they know who we are. I mean, we've been interviewing the Alt Expo folks for years um, because what happened was in 2007, and we told this, uh, Jack Schimmick, the founder, told this story on on Free Talk Live on Saturday, but just to sum it up, uh, he was trying to, he was on like the planning board for uh, for the first Liberty Forum in 2007, and they they wouldn't let him put the topics that he wanted to put in about various different alternatives, whether it be like alternative medicine or alternative currency or alternative, you know, whatever different things. Uh, They wouldn't let him do all the topics he wanted, or they gave him a very limited amount of time to like shoehorn in four topics in an hour or something like that. Right. So it wasn't what he wanted to see happen. And so rather than like fight and beg and cajole with the, the board members, he was just like, well, I'm just going to do my own thing. And uh, he rented a couple of hotel rooms in the same hotel and just opened up his hotel rooms and said, you know, we're having speakers up here. I love that attitude. I I, I run into people all the time that are in the midst of doing things themselves or maybe they're involved with the thing. And and, you know, they complain about how difficult it is to, you know, work with, you know, X vendor or X, you know, organization to do what it is they want to do. And so few people like just try to you know well all right i'll just go do my own thing which is what should happen in a lot of cases in my opinion right sure and and i think that that's unique to well not unique but at least more frequent to liberty-minded people right it probably is and that's hopefully because people who are liberty-minded are more independent uh they're more likely to strike out on their own if they don't like something because it's a lot easier to just complain yes right i mean it's a lot easier to say well so and so well let me do what you know or whatever oh this board they're so bad blah 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 they're running this event into the ground you know just complain and complain but he went and did his own thing and and that takes some effort, um, and and yeah. it's it's amazing like how well, uh, how how effective it was considering this year, considering it was literally thrown together two weeks in advance. I mean, he came to me and said, "Hey, you know, are you guys interested in in sponsoring the event?" And I said, "Well, I'll sponsor it on behalf of Forkfest Party." And so I threw some some money in on behalf of Forkfest because there is no official. Forkfest anything so anybody right. who wants to can you know sponsor something on behalf of Forkfest. I love that too and uh and so I did that and we got the hotel room which hadn't been booked there had been no promotion you know whatsoever for it because it hadn't been booked there but there was no schedule and dude threw together a schedule of uh of speakers and that, that came together nice and as it usually happens somebody canceled right like so <laughs> yeah. you know it always happens but that's okay like he came to me and was like hey so-and-so canceled can you uh can you fill in like, yeah sure so i talked about the gold back nice oh what an excellent <laughs> topic too uh, did you film it no All i right. didn't right. i uh i didn't come prepared to do that um i mean i always have my camera with me but i didn't have a tripod and yeah. You know, I did. It didn't happen. So no, you had to be there. Well, sorry, I I couldn't make it out there. Uh, you know, the yeah, cap- I would have captain's loved to a busy have invited man. you, but uh, I I was expecting to have both nobody who was supposed to be here with us tonight, uh, and uh, and Aria out there repping Forkfest at the Liberty Forum because I'm not allowed to be there. Yeah, and both of them turned up sick 
the the day we were supposed to uh, leave. Balls. So I hope it's not like coronavirus or something like and, that. And technically, even though nobody isn't here, nobody mm-hmm. is here technically. No, no one is in nobody's seat. <laughs> Hopefully nobody will be in nobody's seat very soon. Uh, I love the wordplay on that. I'm so glad he changed his name. It's so much fun. It is fun, and it is going to be a lot of fun this year when he actually finally gets to file for the office because yeah. you know it's still early. That doesn't happen until June. So by the time Forkfest comes around, he will be officially campaigning as a candidate for governor named Nobody. That's which is very exciting. It's so great. It's just great. Marketing and he gets for a lot cause. of really good uh, response from people too. Like he'll he's got stories that I'm sure he could regale us with uh, of you know encountering folks at like a bar or a store or whatever. And you know when he says what his name is, they're like, "Hey, didn't you run for mayor of Keene?" <laughs> so like even though nobody and when I say nobody, even though no one actually goes and votes in municipal elections, they still heard about him. They right. still got the the news. Welcome. Thank you. Hey, speak of the devil. You, your ears must have been burning. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, nice. a little bit. Nice. We were just talking about how, how much fun we have with the wordplay of nobody. Yeah, yeah. It's always uh, <laughs> it's it's always fun. Every time I go to Burger King, um, <laughs> you know, they call out. I, I either when I give my name to the cashier or when they call out, I always get some kind of a response from somebody. <laughs> do, you, do you ever go to um, the the Starbucks? Cause, no, because Starbucks. When you order your coffee, they'll be like, "What's your name?" Yeah, ask your name. Yeah. And then no. when your drink is ready, they're like, "Drink for nobody, nobody." <laughs> yeah. But but hopefully, I'll one day get enough uh, campaign contributions that I can afford three dollar cups of coffee. <laughs> four bucks is what I call them. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. Talk about whatever you want. Talk about somebody, nobody, anybody. Give us a call. Let us know. Yes, this is Free Talk Live. Coming to you live from our King, New Hampshire studios. We're here to talk about whatever you want. Our toll-free number, of course, is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. And I'm Ian. And I'm nobody. And uh, we were talking about some stuff. We were making fun of... Uh, the wordplay and how much mileage we get out of nobody's name. It's so cool. <laughs> I really love that. Uh, I wanted to tell you uh, earlier uh, in this week, uh, my vote nobody sign still is in my yard. Sweet. They haven't so, stolen it yet. Nobody's stolen it. Nobody's kicked it over. Well, nobody it, wouldn't you know? steal his own sign. I mean, that, you can't do that. <laughs> well, I know nobody would, but somebody right. might. True. So somebody didn't steal it. That's Good. refreshing. Yes. I got to say. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pleased about that being that, uh, you know, it's not really my yard. I don't own the, the property. Or and anything. your landlord hasn't had a problem with it. None of your, uh, the other tenants no. there. Have... And, and, and what I like about it is it doesn't specify what nobody is running for. Sure. Right. So mm-hmm. it could be vote nobody for whatever. Right. You know, right. maybe your class is voting for mm-hmm. class president. You know, you're in the eighth grade or something. Right. And yeah. somebody writes in nobody. Right. And you win class president of the eighth <laughs> grade of like Keene Middle School. Or something. Well, of all the government jobs out there, I can't think of a single one that nobody shouldn't do. Indeed. Very nice. Very nice. Um, nobody. Are you like everybody else when it comes to being creeped out? 
by like some of the ads you're served up as a result of you know searching social media or you know Google and Facebook and all that kind of crap? Um, I don't. I don't generally have have an issue with it. Yeah. I don't keep a lot of, uh, you know, I, I don't have an Alexa. Um, yeah, neither I, do I. Ha- I neither. use browser settings that are uh, very restrictive. Do the incognito mode and uh, you've yeah, got all the I ad do blocks incognito and mode. Do you kind use of stuff the Brave frequently. browser? Uh, I don't use Brave, okay. but I do have some plugins in my Chrome. I, I do have, and oh, let me not say I don't use Brave. It's not the browser I usually I use most commonly. I do have it, and I do use it. Because as I understand it, that is a Chrome offshoot that has all the blocking stuff built right into it. And mm-hmm. I think it's gotten a little better, because when it first started, it was kind of janky on a few things. Like, it didn't look right in certain certain websites, but... I think they've improved it. I think uh, probably the the three of us here tonight, anyway, are probably above average internet nerds when it comes to probably. things like you know privacy in your browser or you know how to sort of work around being tracked or eliminate trackers and well, all that kind of thing. And it doesn't creep me out either to answer your question from my perspective. It's like that's just the way things are with you know, and you can't blame advertisers for wanting to target people that are better you know prospects right so right, right. there's that um but the weird thing is like whenever i notice the ads that are being fed to me it's usually because i already went and bought something from a place have you have right. you had that happen where like like there's a place called mono price where i get cables yep uh so i go and i order network cables or audio cables or whatever they, they sell them dirt cheap and yep. they're actually pretty good quality um, and then after I go and I order something from Monoprice, I notice I'm getting ads for Monoprice everywhere I go. And it's like, well, I already bought from you. Yeah, <laughs> so. a- advertisers mm. take note. What pisses me off about that kind of a thing is, uh, like, I bought a, a 20-foot, 8-channel snake, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and because that's a I cable. Just, it's a, that's a cable, for those of you who don't know, not, a, not an actual snake. <laughs> it's not eating critters or anything. But uh, And then, uh, I don't know, I paid 50 bucks for it or whatever. And then after I buy it, I get an ad for, like, another one. Same quality, same brand for like forty bucks, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, you, <laughs> you know, I could from a bucks. different place, or the yeah, same from place? A, from a different, okay, different uh, provider, right? So, and and what I find uh, the part that creeps me out is that because I'm probably above average when it comes to turning all the stuff off and you know having the right plugins and all that kind of stuff is. Um, I generally avoid most of you know this kind of a thing where people are like, oh, it's like magic, right? When something happens and they get advertised a thing uh, that they've been talking about recently or whatever. It happens to me when I'm around other people, right? And by other people, I'm going to say like people who aren't as tech savvy as I am, right? Okay. So people who say, okay, Google to their phone. It- Yes. Yes. <laughs> so if if I'm amongst a crowd of people, say I don't know, in a bar, in a gathering of some, in a grocery store, and a conversation ensues amongst multiple people, and you're talking about one subject, let's say we're talking about I don't know, furniture, right? And so I'm having this conversation, you know, got a couple of cocktails in me. I'm at the bar. Yep. We're talking about, yeah, I bought a new sofa from here. Oh yeah, I like leather. No, no, I like the Corinthian, you know, blah blah blah. Oh, and I like postmodern style, and I like mm-hmm. the classical, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Then all of a sudden, like within, I don't know, it could be minutes, could be hours, could be days, all of a sudden I'm getting bombarded with furniture ads in in the social medias and stuff. Mm. Yeah, that's when it gets creepy is when it's, when you know that it must have been listening. When it, it was you, listening to other people listening to me and somehow they knew to still advertise to me 
right? Even though I've got all mm. my tech stuff dialed in to prevent that kind of thing from happening. Yeah, I'm convinced well, that your phone is not preventing that from happening. Well, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, I think sure. it's listening to you. Yeah, there are, there are some strange games you can play with that sort of thing. There's a guy, uh, a performance artist, he calls it performance, star, performance art, and apparently he wanders around his town with a little red wagon full of phones, all of which are turns on, and causes uh, Google Maps to think there are traffic jams oh, in wherever that he is. is. fantastic. Um, <laughs> oh, I love this guy. <laughs> How did he decide to start doing that? I don't know. Wow. I don't know. I just, I saw a very brief, uh, some, it was, it was <laughs> mentioned very briefly, but I haven't looked, looked him up to, to, to find out more yet. Well, I stumbled upon an article that talks about, uh, this very thing, uh, earlier. And, uh, this is from, uh, Vox.com, uh, from their recode section. Uh, stop me if you've heard this before. You go to a store, browse its wares, consider or even make a purchase. Then you go home only to find a bunch of ads fr- from that very store or perhaps the very item you bought uh-huh, following you around the Internet. Or maybe you have several emails from that store filling your inbox, urging you to buy more stuff. How did your offline shopping habits make it into your online life? Well, it turns out those brick-and-mortar stores are getting as good at tracking you as their online rivals, and it all starts with your phone. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Through your mobile device that you have on you at all times, including as you walk past or through a store, businesses can potentially see which of their products you prefer, which websites you visit, demographic information like your gender, your age, your location, and much more. And they have the ability to do some of these things without asking for your consent or telling you what they're doing at all. Now, that's interesting to me that they would be able to see demographic information about you. Right. Um, I'm wondering how they gather that. Is that something like Facebook is providing, for instance? Where is that coming from? It's a great uh, question. Facebook or Google. Well, because I don't have, it. you know, I don't think Google knows my age necessarily. Like, I don't think that that's in there. Right. And I also don't have is. that information. Uh, the article does get into how. Uh, and we'll, of course, talk about more of that coming up. Uh, you know, do you find it creepy when, you know, you're being advertised to uh, simply by, you know, going and visiting a store and then you see that ad? Has let that us, happened, too? Let's let talk about it. Let us know your thoughts. We'll talk about it coming up, 855-450 free. This is Free Talk Live. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. It's Free Talk Live. Coming to you live from Marquee, New Hampshire studio, seven nights a week. You can also find us on Discord at discord.lrn.fm, where you can uh, use our Discord-only call-in lines, or you can chat with other fellow listeners. 
In the studio tonight, it's myself, Reverend Captain Kickass. And Ian. And nobody. And uh, we were talking a little bit about how some folks get kind of creeped out about advertisements that are, you know, a a little bit, uh, you know, too on the nose or too quick. And we'll talk a bit more about that. But first, I wanted to tell you. First advertising. I wanted to tell you about uh, local.bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposits, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements. Let me repeat that. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash. That's local.bitcoin.com. So, you know, you're in the, the Bitcoin mall, you know, full of stores where you can spend all your Bitcoin. And, you know, you're wandering through. And uh, it's almost as if there's some creepy person following you around with every store you go to watching you. What 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 store is he going into? He's going into the Easy Street Records? Is he going into Victoria's Secret? Is he going into Radio Shack? I don't know. These are all... People know, go to malls? Or, yeah. Not anymore, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they still have them? Yeah, barely. <laughs> it's a dying business. But yes, you're right. There are still physical stores, and the story you're telling us about is that they're watching you. They're watching you via your phone. And here's what you should know before you download a store's app or log into the free Wi-Fi offered at the mall or any hmm. other retail establishment. Uh, what you're really opting into when you use free Wi-Fi in the store's mobile apps. These days, many retailers offer free in-store Wi-Fi and shopping apps. Which free, is convenient. Very convenient. And also, I, you know... I've used the Wi-Fi at Walmart before. I, I don't have an unlimited data plan on my phone, mm-hmm. so I like to Wi-Fi hop, you know, if I'm out and about doing stuff. I Yeah, what's your Wi-Fi? Yeah, what's your password? And then whenever I go to those places again, my phone saves it. I right. automatically connect. Life is good. Well, in some cases, like at Walmart, uh, it, the cell phone signal may not even make it through the building. So That's true, yeah. Yeah, steel building is a great big Faraday cage. Yeah, sure enough. Uh, so uh, free Wi-Fi can be a convenient way to access the Internet without using your cell phone's data plan. We talked about that. Depending on your carrier and plan, you may be preserving a precious resource. Mobile apps often offer users exclusive deals on a business's products or allow them to order items before they set foot in a store. Have you guys ever done an app for a store? Have you ever installed one of those? No. Not for a store specifically. I have not either. Um, I have used uh, Instacart here in town mm, okay. uh, because that I didn't, let you order groceries right yeah i didn't have a car and so getting to and from the grocery store i had to use like uber or you know bummer ride or whatever and so i was like oh yeah they let's see what they have you know online and sure enough instacart was available here and i was able to get from you know a variety of grocery stores and they just deliver your groceries there's a fee of course but it amounted to 10 or 12 bucks per trip and so i'd just you know, do my shopping once a week or so, and some person would show up at my door with my groceries. It was pretty great. That seems pretty great. I've never used the service, but it's it's tantalizing. I mean, at ten or twelve bucks, that's probably less than what you'd pay a cabbie to get you there and back. Oh, indeed, yeah. Like uh, the first time I tried to go grocery shopping, I did an Uber, 
And Uber's not as popular here mm-hmm. uh, as it is in, say, a big city. And right. so, you know, I had to wait like a half hour for the guy or, you know, whoever the next ride. And then, you know, go to the place and then like, oh, do you want me to wait for you? Or, no, I'll just get an Uber. I bet. And that was a bad idea because you go shopping and it takes you a half hour. And then you got to wait another half hour for an Uber yeah, to show up no to good. take you back. And then, you know, you got a tip and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it definitely was a much more you know, financial, economic, uh, a better decision for me to do the Instacart. So uh, with that, but I did get like more ads for stuff using the Instacart app on my phone. I found that I was getting advertised stuff within the app itself, right? Mm-hmm. Store specials hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So, which was great because like they see what I'm buying they go, oh, hey, you, you know, might this like is this. on special this week. So, yeah. And you might have liked it. Maybe you did. But you might not be aware of what you might be giving away when you take advantage of these services. By using them, you've also opted into what's called active tracking. You know, in the terms of service you agreed to, probably. Correct. That you didn't read. Right. I know I didn't. Uh, You usually can only access in-store Wi-Fi through what's called a captive portal. Uh, This is a page that pops up when you first try to connect. Usually it asks you to submit personal information, like an email address. And I always do something like... You, you can know, just type in like, junk. Yeah, nobody123 at hotmail.com yeah. or whatever. No offense, nobody. Hey. I started doing that before I knew you, so. Yeah, blame it on me. It's although, true. I've done the same now thing. Now I get all your spam. <laughs> although <laughs> although you could call it pre-marketing, right? Like, I was, I was talking about nobody before nobody was anybody. Yeah. Well, the great thing about being nobody is nobody has great name rec- recognition. It's true. <laughs> nobody sure does. Ask anybody who speaks English and they've heard my name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then agree to terms and conditions before letting you access the Internet. So we talked about that. Thing is, when you log into Wi-Fi through a business's captive portal, you aren't just giving the business whatever personal information you submitted at the portal page. You're also attaching that information to a set of data the store collects from you. And you're granting the store permission to use that data in ways you may not realize. And if you used a social media profile like Facebook to log into the service, you may have given the business everything from your full Mm -hmm. name to your employer, et cetera, and so on. Like any of those uh, social media accounts if you log into. I don't know when Facebook became sort of the passport of the Internet. But, I mean, that's, that's to me is like, I don't know why you would ever log into anything using Facebook. Well, the reason why is because it's convenient for people. Yeah. I mean, they see you go to a new website. It says you want to create a new account or do you just want to use your existing Facebook or Google or whatever. And and for most people, that works fine until they get banned from Facebook. Then what happens? Then right. how do you get back into the account that you created on that other website? You don't have credentials anymore. Right. What do you do then? It's gone. I, I have no idea what you do because, well, I don't use these things in the same way most people do, right? Yeah. I'm very I'm very limited about how I See, use them. See, that feature I actually use. Yeah. Um, and the reason I use it is because they don't get anything from Facebook that I wouldn't have to enter onto a forum to get an account on their site anyway. So the only difference is I haven't created a new copy of it. I've just given them what programmers call a pointer mm-hmm. to the copy that already existed. Um, but you don't have as much control over that. That's the uh, problem. With yeah, it. you don't have as if much control. If they pull control your account... And, uh, you can't log into um, so, the site. Yeah, I would. I would certainly never use it for anything important. Uh, important, yeah. but there are times when they'll ask me to uh, log in or sign up, 
And if I can't do it with my Facebook account, I'll just be like, yeah, it's not worth filling out another form. Hmm. So, but interesting. Uh, the other thing is, I mean, my Facebook account is widely published. So, you know, I mean, I run I run public pages. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had I have my Facebook account posted on the electnobody.com website. Hmm. Electnobody.com. Um, that sounds interesting. So uh, so I guess basically anything that to me, anything that's on Facebook I might as well have painted on the outside of my house. Mm-hmm. So that's how I regard it. And because I regard it as a as a most as a purely uh publicly published set of data, um, I don't worry about who has it. But I don't keep the Facebook app on my phone. Oh, good. Oh, um, good choice. So yeah. they don't know what stores I'm going to. All right. Oh, We're going to talk that. about more Maybe. of this and how, you know, what else goes into this uh, here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. Tell us what you think about your phone tracking you in stores. More coming up. Hey, 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 welcome to this Monday edition of Free Talk Live. It's the Captain Kickass edition. That's right. They somehow, some way, I convinced some of these people to allow me to pilot this thing. Uh, you know, uh, either that speaks to how persuasive I am or or perhaps uh, how... Uh, You'd be surprised uh, at the people that have driven this bus. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll do my best not to crash. Yeah. Uh, you can call in and talk about whatever you want. Our number here is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. You can also get us uh, live on our Discord server at discord.lrn.fm. Uh, with you in the studio tonight, it is myself, the captain. It's Ian. And nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe in only a swipe and instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and fiat currencies like the dollar in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. There's no need to wait, though, as Divi already offers the, mo- the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with their multi-tiered masternodes, allowing anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When the new Divi wallet launches because of Divi's relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at DiviProject.org. That's DiviProject.org. Divi. I'd tap that. <laughs> All right, so we were talking about, uh, you know, the phenomena of ads on your phone, and then also, what sort of things do you allow when you use public Wi-Fi that's offered but, by a business, and then and then cascade that with using Facebook to log in uh, mm-hmm. to any of these types of services, and we're just sort of digging into what kind of information does a retailer uh, have on you at that point. Well, the thing you have to remember also, I was thinking about this over the break, Facebook sells information, right? They certainly do. So why wouldn't they buy information to fill in the blanks? Maybe you don't have their app uh, 
app uh, installed, but maybe you have somebody else's app installed. Well, if that information is out there, then it's going to be aggregated into into a database somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then it gets published to and and then it can be combined to complete the data uh complete the database right so they build a picture um, based on smaller pieces of information scattered throughout the exactly. internet exactly and it to i build guarantee a there are companies out out there although i don't know who they are that that's their business oh yeah they yeah. buy every bite of data that they can buy yep and then they sell it back co- to uh, combined with other data absolutely yeah Now, uh, the article goes on. For instance, your Wi-Fi connection can give stores location information as specific as how much time you spent staring longingly at those shoes you can't afford before giving up and heading for the clearance rack. I don't know about you, but... Luckily, they probably don't know if you were thinking, if you were staring longingly at them or thinking, those are the ugliest shoes I've ever seen. I can't believe somebody made (laughs) shoes like that, which is... Almost infinitely improbable if you're male, um, but <laughs> that's true. But fact. the fact that you were there for a while does communicate something. Oh yeah, there's uh, definitely right. data there. It can could could communicate that you're indecisive uh, about the things you were looking at. Whether you could afford it or not is another question. Like if I go to a grocery store and stand at the end cap, that's one of these displays at the end of the aisles. Mm-hmm. They call them end caps. That's a big giant display of beer. Mm-hmm. Odds are I'm a fan of beer, and now they know that, mm-hmm. right? You know, or they've done a really crappy job of building their end cap display, and I'm just being a critic, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Well, and that's one reason I've experimented with not carrying my phone unless I have some reason to, mm. or yep. leaving it in the car, um, and. You know, I I don't have to have my phone on me every moment. Nothing is going to happen, uh, almost certainly, that will require my attention in the next 10 minutes. As a result of this article, and and it'll get into the question that you asked, like, how? Right? Like, how does all of this, you know, sort of, what's the linchpin? And and this article will get into sort of the key, if you will, the the magic bullet, if there is yeah. one. It'll get into it. But as a result of me reading this article, I'm, I'm going to go get one of those Faraday bags. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, I'm just a little creeped out about it. And, like, turning your phone off doesn't always no, mean your phone is off. Yeah. Well, especially these ones where you can't even take the battery out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, usually, I've got one. I can't like, take the battery if I out. was doing a drug, uh, a drug deal back in the day when I did that sort of thing, um, I would not only turn my phone off, but uh, also take the battery right. physically out of it. Um, now, even that is not completely reliable because it's quite. It would not be difficult technically to have a low power device in the phone recording information, so that as soon as you put the battery back in, it can be transmitted, and that could be done by a battery so tiny that you don't know about it, or you think it's just a big capacitor on the board. Mm-hmm. Right, or the phone manufacturer installs a backup battery, quote yeah. unquote, but that still functions as a hard battery even when you pop the yeah, main if battery. It, oh yeah, yeah, if you have a bad, backup battery, taking taking the battery out won't solve your problem. Even if you don't, it might not 
solve your problem. Uh, a Faraday bag will probably solve solve your problem. I mean, you'd need to test it yeah. and and make sure. Um, I'd have double bagged it. The only hesitation <laughs> that I have, I'm getting there two Faraday bags. I'd have double bagged is, it. It depends on how much influence the government has had on um, on technology manufacturers, yeah. because it would not be impossible uh, if if your Faraday bag was man uh, was marginal for the phone to have been programmed to every two days if it hasn't heard from anybody but it's turned on send an extra high strength signal right, out yeah. trying to get somebody anybody and at least tell the nsa where you are Try to ping a tower and or that's that's what scares me yeah. i'm not scared of facebook i'm yeah, not no, scared wanna... of google and i'm not scared of advertising i'm scared of the government yeah. and for good reason and i want to not paranoia when they're when they've really already come and gotten you i want to be very clear that uh i'm i'm with you on that and and, and you too like i don't mind being advertised to you know, I don't mind if I agree to something, even if I'm the lame one who doesn't read the terms and conditions. I'm just okay, uh, whatever. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Accept, right? Uh, you know, the idea is with anything in the free market, you can opt out. Well, I've opted in. I can opt out, right? But mm-hmm. I want everybody, our listeners specifically, to keep in mind that everything we talk about here, all the information that these stores have on you, guess who else can get it? Because if the stores can get it, you know damn well the government can get it. Mm-hmm. And they don't even need a warrant to do so. So, yeah, uh, stores will know which websites you browsed while you were connected to their service, and they can install cookies on your browser to track you around the internet long after you've left the store. Now, I know you guys probably have the thing where when you close your browser, it deletes all the cookies and that kind of a thing. I've yeah. got that activated I also run as well. Pl- uh, Privacy Bla- Badger, which is a uh, Ooh, nice name, which is an extension. What does that do? Um, it shuts down trackers on websites, so mm. it recognizes if and it doesn't act by having a database of these things that it consults, um, which you can get around. If it keeps seeing the same plugin on different sites, if it sees it like three times, it's like yeah, I'm shutting this thing down. Yeah. Um, and so. Um, and so that's that's a very nice feature because you don't have to trust them to o- update a database. Um, so that's that's very handy. Yeah. Uh, they can see which sites you're connecting to and when and use that information to build a profile about your behavior. Uh, Bennett Cipher is a techno- – his last name is Cyphers. <laughs> Bennett Cypher is a technologist for the Electronic Frontier Foundation. He, got it. he must have changed that I, name. That could, po- could not possibly have what's been his given name? name. Bennett Cyphers. Cyphers C-Y-P-H-E-R-S. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Browsing history can be used to guess at demographics, age, income, race, religion, political leaning. This data can be used to target ads or sold to data brokers combined with other data streams. So we were talking about that, about how other businesses just sell information, right? So they take this information, they buy more information, they put it together, and they form a bigger picture. Your offline activities uh, in a store are important, too. Retailers can send that data to services like LiveRamp to match it with your online identity, allowing retailers to place ads for those shoes that you couldn't afford all over the Internet. If you're using a business's mobile app, you're giving it even more information. Target's app encourages users to provide personal information about themselves, like shopping lists and scan item barcodes to see if there's any deals. So 
mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a whole bunch of information that you're you're giving away that you know could be accessed by people you don't want it to be accessed by. But it could get you a better deal. It certainly could. More coming up. Free Talk Live eight fifty five four fifty free like freedom. FreeTalkLive.com. She seems happier. Her fur is so much shinier, silkier, softer. She has really mellowed a lot. Sheba is a 105 lean pounds of shiny, smooth, happy dog for life. The shedding has stopped. The itching has stopped. Since 2001, we've helped more than a quarter million dogs get over their nutritional deficiency miseries. And saved our customers bazillions in vet bills. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. The digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. Dynavite is nutrition. Dynavite for life. Don't let your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy. Come to Dynavite for help. 859-428-1000. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. Yes, this is Free Talk Live, a show where we talk about, well, whatever you want to talk about. And if you don't want to talk about anything, we'll talk about something we want to talk about. Tonight in the studio, it's me, the captain. It's Ian. And nobody. And uh, we have been talking a bit about, well, a lot of things, about your mobile device, about how apps advertise to you, about uh, how if you cascade something like Facebook uh, onto an app by signing in using your Facebook, uh, about what that uh, may do and may cause. Uh, We've been talking about data that you give up uh, when you do accept uh, terms and conditions for some of these apps. Uh, and we were talking uh, specifically uh, about uh, an example of uh, Target, for example. Uh, Target, the, the retailer? The retailer, yes. Target, the French store, as I like to call it. Oh, it sounds so much classier when you say Target. Yes. That's yes, what... I'm, I'm going to go to Target. <laughs> I have to pick up a new uh, dish trainer. Hmm. <laughs> Target's app encourages users to provide personal information about themselves, make shopping lists, scan item barcodes to see if there's any deals available, and redeem those deals by scanning the app's barcode at the register. Hmm. Macy's app lets you upload a photo of your face to, quote, try on, unquote, beauty products. H&M's app, I don't know who H&M is. Let's, Me neither. H&M, H&M. Must not be from around here. Yeah, it lets you upload photos of clothing you like and then matches them with similar H&M offerings. So all targeted advertising stuff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, But these apps may also be tracking you in less obvious ways, as the New York Times noted last June. Many retailers deploy uh, Bluetooth beacons throughout stores. So if you have the store's app installed on your device, the beacons send it signals. The app then knows where you are in the store uh, and sends you information like coupons or maps specific to that location. But this also means the app can track your movements as you pass by the beacons. Depending on where and how the beacons are placed, your location can be measured in inches. Some device manufacturers have wised up to this practice. For instance, the iPhone's newest operating system requires apps to get your permission to use Bluetooth. So, but most is, people will grant it anyway. Yeah. 
Uh, such yeah, and such app needs to access your Bluetooth, accept or deny, and most people are just clicking accept. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, is we've passed the point where people can afford to be ignorant of these things. Be you know yeah I agree. Uh, because these I mean these these things matter and uh, and people you know people are going to need to learn how their devices operate and Why? I I predict Why would they need to do that um, because they want a thing from the only device. W- it's the only way to control your own destiny, basically. They want a thing from the device. The device gives them the, that thing. In the case of uh, the store, it's the convenient map of whatever it is they're looking to buy. Yeah. Uh, most people wouldn't object to being given a coupon for a thing that you know they are interested in. Mm-hmm. I don't think it, that people are going to consider this a problem. I think I, most- I'm not saying that, that people will, except that I think... I think that eventually the needs of survival will mean that coding is taught in in grade school, at least up to a certain level. You think so? I think so. I mean, I I don't know if that's true. I still don't really know how television, like, I mean, I kind of know how it works, but like, not really. I couldn't like pull a television apart and build one. You well, know what I mean? I couldn't give a class on how to build a television, but I know what it does. I mean, mm-hmm. look, if you look at young people, for instance, uh, they're they're being brought up with devices right Mm -hmm. like uh kids today and i mean children like small children are being given tablets they're playing games on tablets when they're you know very very small Mm -hmm. um and but when you talk to people who are the zennials right this the newer generation uh when they get into their teenage years and you ask them questions about like well, do you know what your IP address is? Or like you can ask them like mm. a more technical kind of basic technical question or like, mm. do you know where you would go on your phone to find that information? They have no idea. Right, yeah. They know they know how to get on Facebook. They know how to get on the, you know, the instant messaging app and how to send messages. And they're very proficient at those things. Mm. So it's not that they couldn't learn these things. It's not that they couldn't learn to code. They certainly could. But they don't need to know those things. It's not the goal of what they're, you know, it's not what they're trying to accomplish by using these devices they're almost completely ignorant on how things like you know the internet works and the devices that they're so familiar with actually function you know they know what bluetooth is uh but they don't really know the back end and any kind of technical details of these things i don't think there's a demand uh to teach everybody coding because they don't need to know it well, and the article points out that not only do you get the free Wi-Fi or the convenience of the mobile app, but you also get coupons or notifications about sales on the products you're more likely to want. So maybe now you can afford those shoes after all, right, if shoes are what you're after. And I think a lot of people also understand that they've given up privacy, you know, and they don't care. It's over. You know, once you've given up your privacy, well, go ahead and take it all on because, you know, take on all of the invasive uh, websites and all of the invasive apps. What's it matter anymore? Everybody's selling your data. So why not let them all have it? Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not advocating yeah, that. Yeah. But that is well, an attitude. I, and that's more or less what I enunciated with regards to Facebook. Mm-hmm. 
that basically right. I I just don't put anything on Facebook that I wouldn't publish. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have private conversations on Facebook Messenger. I, Some people do. I try oh, yeah. to keep it off they my phone. They think it's private, it's but it's not. Oh, yeah, that's that's stupid. Oh, I've got a related story about that, too, since you brought up Facebook Messenger. If we get a chance, the, uh, the, the founder of Telegram is on the attack against WhatsApp, which is Facebook's Ooh. other messaging app. He's saying, be careful. Don't use it because you can't trust these people. He's he's he's, he's not wrong. He's making the case, and he will make the case uh, if we get to the story that uh, they yeah. are lying to you, yeah. and that there are back doors put in there by governments. Uh, prep prep that article. We'll we'll yep. get to it. Um, so the this article continues passive tracking, whether you like it or not. So if you don't want businesses to get to know you, you can just not sign up for their free Wi-Fi and not download their mobile apps. Right? Wrong. Retailers also use Wi-Fi and Bluetooth sensors to track your mobile device and therefore whoever is in possession of it, you, without you ever having signed in or asking your permission to do so. This is called passive tracking. Sure. Your device constantly sends out signals, beacon, to detect Wi-Fi and Bluetooth connections around it. This is a good thing when you're trying to connect to your wireless headphones or your home router, but stores can install sensors that detect those signals and provide some basic information back to the store about your device. Right. Your phone is constantly saying, here I am, here I am, here I am, to the cell phone towers or here's your Here's your magic bullet, Ian. Anything that connects to the internet has a media access control address. That's known as a MAC address. That's what that stands for. MAC okay. address. Media access <laughs> control address. So every device has a yeah. unique number called a MAC address. Which is essentially a serial number unique to the device that can't be changed. Mind you, but it, it is can. Not, mind not you, true. You mind can you, change your MAC address it's on different, some devices. It's different than a serial number. So, like, right. you know, a device may have a serial number stamped on it, but the MAC address is a different number. The MAC number. address is it, usually associated to the network card within that device. Uh, so, for instance, if you have a computer that has a Wi Fi and a uh, like a, a hardline network, you have two MAC addresses on that right. computer, depending on which one you're using right your cell and phone has one. there are also there exist uh devices out there i don't know how prevalent they are where you can set the mac address by software linux allows you to do that fairly easily in certain uh certain installs right. but okay. again the, the the common person not only do they not know about mac addresses they're certainly not going to I've, change their mac address on their device when i've they done go this on airplanes where airlines will say Oh, you want an internet service? Okay, you only get it for one device. You got to pay nine ninety nine or whatever, uh, and so or you I, get a free half hour, and then you got to pay whatever. I've never seen that, but uh, but I paid the the nine ninety nine for my phone, and then I take because I can't change my Mac ID on my phone very easily. At least I don't know what right. software I would need for that. But on my Linux, I can pretty easily go and change the Mac ID, and so I take my phone. So you can do that with your computer's Wi Fi card with with Linux, yeah. With nice. uh, and I forget if it's I don't know which uh, you know. Very Variants of Linux support this, yeah. but well, the yeah. big question would be: Does the card allow it? Some yeah, cards know. do, and some some oh, cards I don't. See. Yeah, I, I don't know. Think. How do stores use the MAC address of your phone to track you passively? We'll talk about that and more coming up. Free Talk Live, eight fifty five, four fifty free, like freedom. Come on, so come on and call in. 855-450-free like freedom. 
That is 855-450-3733. We are here with you live as we are seven nights a week. Tonight, it's the kick-ass edition of Free Talk Live, and I'm in the driver's seat today, and I am the Reverend Captain Kickass, and I'm joined here by my friends. I'm Ian. And nobody. Uh, sorry if I, you know, I mean, I don't, maybe you guys don't consider me your friend, but I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, you know, <laughs> for the listener's sake, we're all friends. Uh, we've been talking about <laughs> devices and apps and tracking and uh, what happens when you sign into an app in a store using Facebook? What happens when you don't even do anything and you go into a store and how a store can passively track what you're doing and, mm. and how they can use that information? Unless you're doing what nobody suggests and leave the phone in the car, then they're just going to wonder why you're always sitting in the car at the, in their parking lot. You never come in. That guy what goes we, to Target. What can we do to get him in the door? That guy goes well, to Target they, every they Wednesday. They can probably put two and two together and know that I'm doing that. <laughs> Maybe. They observe a lot of people, and some of those people yeah. must leave their phone in the car. So they know what that looks like, yeah. uh, but that's uh, he leaves his phone in, in the car is a lot less informative right. than he went here and here and here oh, and yeah. here and he there and then he bought one of those in the car. <laughs> uh, so anything? Oh yeah, the the linchpin, uh, of course, is the media access control address or MAC address. Uh, but oh, before- the other thing they're link- linking this to, not not to interrupt, is uh, if you've got a loyalty card at the supermarket. Oh yeah. Or wherever you go, you yeah. buy something. You know they know what you bought, but they also know where you are at that uh, moment. Pro tip to those of you who you know either don't use loyalty cards, don't want to, uh, or maybe you just forgot yours. Most of the stores, and in fact, I believe the three grocery stores that I go to here, uh, they all have one that you can borrow. Almost so, always. So, yeah. so like, yeah. So what I do, I go shopping. They're like, "Hey, do you have a, a loyalty card or an advantage card or whatever they call mm-hmm. these things?" Mm-hmm. And I go, "No, can I borrow yours?" And they're like, "Oh, of course you can." Yeah, she offered then, today. Psh, you know, uh, I was actually at the store right before coming here, and uh, you know, I started digging around through. She's like, "Oh, I've got mine. If you don't want to dig," and I'm like, "Yeah, sure, that's fine." Yeah, please um, use yours. And Absolutely. you can always sign up with fake information for those things too. Uh, you know, like, do I really? Care? It's one of those things. Like, do I really care if Price Chopper knows that I like to buy frozen well, blueberries? See, you the know? interesting. <laughs> thing is you do care when it comes to your phone mm-hmm. well that's another one of those associated databases that i were ta- was talking oh, yeah. to that's how they find out what phone you're carrying for one thing mm-hmm. okay this loyalty card made a purchase okay great what phones were in the store right now right. now do a join on all the phones, all the purchases he made, and all the phones that were that were in the this, in the store at the time, yep. there will be one or maybe two if he's always got his girlfriend with him mm-hmm. that show up every single time he makes a purchase. Sure, absolutely. Uh, and so, of course, you know uh, there are implications here that will interfere with your sense of liberty. And before we talk about that a little bit more, I want to tell you about Liberty Con. Here's a Liberty update from Liberty Con. Don't miss these two very special debates. The first is, is government necessary? This debate will feature David Friedman, Milton's son, and Timothy Sandifer. David will be arguing that government isn't necessary, while Timothy will be arguing that government is necessary. Uh, that's That sounds 
exhilarating to me. I'd love to hear that debate. Uh, second, does capitalism require government intervention? In this debate, Gene Epstein, the economics editor for Barron's, will debate Stephen Perlstein of the Washington Post. Epstein will argue against intervention, and Perlstein will argue in favor of it. Also, John Mackey, Whole Foods CEO, will speak on conscious capitalism. Be part of LibertyCon. LibertyCon is a unique liberty convention April 3rd through 5th in Washington, D.C. For people who want to network with more than 70 pro-liberty organizations for career advancement, business, or internship opportunities. Visit LibertyCon.com for more details on our incredible list of speakers, events, and even student discounts. That's LibertyCon.com. Use code FTL, as in Free Talk Live, for a $10 discount. So, we were talking about... I've uh, never understood why people would want an incredible list. I want a list I can believe. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a credible list. (laughs) Incredible. Uh, So, we were talking about uh, the MAC address, which is uh, essentially a serial number unique to a device. Uh, store sensors, depending on where they are, can pick up your MAC address and use that to track your device's location and movements, mm-hmm. uh, even if you're, you're not logged into your phone or actively using it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because MAC address is connected to your device but not directly to you, it's considered, quote, non-personally identifiable information. That said, Until you log in somewhere, and then they can match well, it no, 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 the, the MAC address itself. All they need is one yeah. nexus. To it's, do the joy. This is right. Yeah. The, it, it's device identifiable information. It's not personally identifiable. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Until you log right. in from that device, and then but, they know well, that's even, your MAC address. Even, even if you're not logged right. in, like he's saying, if you if you use your loyalty card, and you sure, know, they the, have the some Bluetooth other sensor of, can triangulate within right. inches which counter yeah, sure. you're at. Boom! They have the information that it's essentially you or whatever name you used mm-hmm. to sign up for the loyalty rewards card, Bob Bitchin. Because that's the name I use to sign up for my loyalty, my last loyalty card. Or it could be your, you know, your mom or whatever. If you're there, you're a kid and you're there with her, or your mom. Whatever. I love your mom jokes. Anyway, uh, because the MAC address is uh, connected to the device but not directly to you, uh, it's non-personally identifiable information. And that said, it's possible to match a device's MAC address with its owner's identity by cross-matching it with the information from other sources like data mm-hmm. brokers. This information is a lot more personal than it might seem at first glance. It's kind of like saving, or it's kind of like saying that your driver's license number isn't necessarily personal information because it doesn't refer to you by name. Uh, Askan Sultani, a former Federal Trade Commission chief technologist who also worked on California's upcoming Consumer Privacy Act, told Recode, "It's robust enough to actually identify you. Uh, mm-hmm. Most likely, the business isn't doing this to spy on you, the individual." Passive tracking is about getting aggregate data, mm. like which areas of the store are more popular than others, the busiest time of day and location, or even how many people pass by the store without stepping inside. Yes, you don't even have to be a customer for a store to track you. You just have to be in range of one of its sensors. There's a cool idea that uh, I think it was actually TJ the Spy, former co-host of ours, came up with to use this kind of passive data tracking on the police because each police cruiser has this information oh, they that they're broadcasting out because they've got their data terminals that are in there. And, of course, each cop has a cell phone issued by the uh, the department, likely. So the yeah, idea, the inside of a cop car looks like Darth Vader's toilet. 
the idea would be to uh, you know set up uh, transmitter receivers around a city in different places and start collecting information on specifically the police track the police and that way you would be able to start to know where they are at any given time you could create like a map of mm-hmm. where the police cruisers right. are at any given moment based on the their data that they're giving away crowdsource will bell the cat <laughs> crowdsource police mapping here on free talk live uh, tell us what you think about crowdsource police mapping, or if you know how to do it, uh, you know, tell us how to do that too. Because we need like more people up here before that's possible. Eight fifty five four fifty free like freedom. Uh, you can see us at uh, freetalklive.com or join us on Discord at discord.lrn.f. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin Cash. Local.bitcoin.com. Yes, it's Free Talk Live. Coming at you live seven days a week from 7 until 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, basically, if it's a day, there's going to be a Free Talk Live show. Uh, if it's a day that ends in Y, uh, you can be sure that we're broadcasting. And our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE, like Freedom. That's 855-450-3733. Uh, tonight in the studio, it's me, the Reverend Captain Kickass. It's Ian. And nobody. And uh, we're here to talk about all sorts of things. But one of the things I like to talk about is Liberty.menu. For years, libertarians of all stripes have wanted a directory of liberty-minded businesses, and we're helping build one, Liberty.menu. Liberty.menu is a tool for your community, and at its core, it's a directory for events, businesses, and digital content, and more. Listings can be rated and reviewed, and there's a bit of a social network aspect to it so you can connect and share with others. Use Liberty.menu. Uh, use of Liberty.menu is exclusively for individuals who reject the initiation of force and those who agree to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle. Put your voluntarist ideas into action at Liberty.menu and use code FTL to get a special badge. That's Liberty.menu. Indeed. I uh, I like Liberty.menu. It's got the ForkFest listed on there. So if you're planning on attending ForkFest this summer, you can go and actually RSVP on the Liberty.menu site. Let people know. I'm going to do that right now. Church of the no, Invisible not. Hands. On there. <laughs> you okay, you're going to host a radio show right now. Uh, that's that's true. It's hard to do web things and host a radio show it at sure the same is. time. Especially when you have this keyboard and you know, I'll describe it for the listening audience. It's weird because it's got multiple LED colors underneath the buttons that are, I mean, it's a very, very attractive keyboard, but, you know, it's like, oh, wow, man, look at this super high-tech keyboard. It's and then, not that high-tech. And then, and then you forget about, like, what you were trying to type. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some LED lights underneath the keyboard. I'll get used to the fancy keyboard. It's okay. It's, you know. It's actually not that great because uh, it doesn't actually have printing on the letters. It's just kind of 
pass through for the light and the lights aren't very bright so it's actually really hard to see what <laughs> what the keys are um but it is a little do? difficult like it it would almost be better if the letters also lit up yeah right well, but anyway yeah uh we were talking about all sorts of things your phone tracking you what stores do you how they track you and i just wanted to sort of you know close off this article by saying uh if you knew someone following you around each store that you go to just a random person following you around, recording what stores you go to. Most people would be creeped out by that. They but would be. It, but, but we have the different. digital version of that, and so I guess that doesn't creep people out. Well, I mean, in this case, people have said, I'm okay with this. I mean, they they un, they do understand at some lever, level that they're giving permission to these various different apps to track them. And they understand that there is a pot- potential benefit to them from that, whether it be discounts or whatever it is that they get out of it. I don't know. I've never used any of these store apps before, so I can't tell you, like, wow, I got five bucks off. I, You know, I right. don't know what you get out of it. Oh, it's a flash sale. Yeah. What does that the mean? The other thing you have to think about is if you work for one of these companies that, uh, that track this data and warehouse mm-hmm. it, then you could have a side gig basically selling stalkers information about the people they were stalking. So That doesn't you know. sound like a good plan. Um, uh, have you guys ever watched that? It's, uh, it's true, yeah. but yet it happens. I'm sure mm. that private investigators, for example, have ins with some of these companies. And those ins will be fired if they get caught, but they'll make a lot more money a year if if they don't get caught. Well, a private investigator conjures up a different feeling than stalker does. You know, But the thing is... <laughs> Some private investigators are stalkers, Could and be. anything that's available to private investigators is available to the government yeah. and to stalkers. And, and again, I just want to be clear. I don't have a problem with marketers marketing and people attempting to provide goods and services that are more tailored to me. I've got zero problem with that. But have you guys ever seen that show? It's an old show from like the early to mid-2000s called 24 with no. Kiefer Sutherland. Heard about and, it. Whatever. Anyway, he's this special government agent, and he has a special tech team of people, mm-hmm. and they do all of the things that we've talked about, but only you know, like as official government agencies. Yeah. And everything well, that was that, basically the propaganda or organ to justify yeah, that stuff. Everything that they did on that show is now not only possible to be done, but I am convinced that it is assuredly being done by the government entities using the technology that we've described previously uh, through reading this article. Yep. That being said, uh, you had uh, something to pair with this, uh, an article about uh, WhatsApp. Well, yeah, we were talking about Facebook and how their app is just awful. I got off their app years before I ended up quitting Facebook. And uh, and the reason I got rid of the app was because it had turned into this behemoth uh, that it wasn't just a Facebook app anymore. Then they wanted you to install Facebook Messenger if you wanted to talk right. to people, whereas you used to be able to do that within the Facebook app. Now it's like, oh, we got a whole other app. Yeah. And then there was and- an also another app that they wanted you to install if you administrated pages. So you had to have the Facebook Pages app on top of that as well. And you'll be interested to know because I don't use the mobile app. I only use the web browser for Facebook. Right. That's how I they was. Block messaging on the web from the web browser right, so you have to install so, their app. yeah if you want to message at all Nasty. so anybody Nasty. out there that's ever tried to message me on facebook there's a reason i don't respond to you and that's because yeah. facebook doesn't allow it there are some neat alternatives for people who just can't leave facebook but you want to get out of their apps uh friendly is a good app that allows you it's one app 
you download this app and it basically uses whatever API or interface that Facebook has to essentially do the things that Facebook's app would allow you to do and all in one app. So you can do the messaging, you can do the, the Facebooking and it's it's a free app. Now, you, you know, you can donate money to them or whatever, but I know they also sweet. have uh, for the brow- the web browsers, they also have these containers now that you can get so that you can launch Facebook within a container and it doesn't grab the cookies from every other mm. site that you're that you're visiting like it wants to do. I wish they would do that for the mobile platforms as well. There's also um, the their, the friendly company or whoever they are. They make versions of their app for Twitter and for Instagram as well. So even though I have Instagram, I'm not on Facebook, but I do have an Instagram account. I don't use the Instagram app. I use the friendly IG app. And it's, that's all great they strip all the ad- they strip the ads out too by the way so you don't see any of the advertising oh, on Facebook or on Instagram if you use their app so to me like I've actually given them a couple bucks because it's like that's a much better user experience yeah uh, it, so so what's up with WhatsApp so WhatsApp is Facebook's other messaging app right so the WhatsApp is the one that Facebook claims it's end to end encrypted and you know. It's Facebook, right? So you should probably <laughs> not trust what they're saying. And my my viewpoint on the, this has been the same ever since I heard Facebook is ended encrypted. I'm like, yeah, right. Uh, it may be encrypted, but I bet you they've got a key. So Pavel Durov is the founder of Telegram. And when I first heard about Telegram, it was probably several years ago from Brian Sovereign, who is a former co-host here on Free Talk Live. Does he still do his podcast? Sovereign Tech, yes, nice. he does. Uh, in fact, Free Talk Live is a sponsor of Sovereign Tech's podcast, as a matter of fact. Uh, but he recommended Telegram to me because it was created by what he described as a Russian anarchist for the purpose of getting the anarchist's communications out of view of the Russian government. And to me, I was like, okay. That's worth trying. So I tried it out, and I loved it, and we've been using Telegram here ever since, and it's a great app. Uh, So this is what he has to say, why using WhatsApp is dangerous from his blog at telegra.ph. A few months ago, I wrote about a WhatsApp backdoor that allowed hackers to access all data on any phone running WhatsApp. Facebook, its parent company, claimed at the time they had no proof the flaw had ever been used by attackers. Last week, it became clear this backdoor had been exploited to extract private communications and photos of Jeff Bezos, the richest person on the planet, who unfortunately relied on WhatsApp. Since the attack seemed to originate from a foreign government, it's likely that countless other business and government leaders have been targeted. He says, in my November post, I predicted that this would happen. The United Nations now recommends its officials remove WhatsApp from their devices, while people close to Donald Trump have also been advised to change their phones. And we'll tell you more about the likely backdoor in Facebook's WhatsApp. Would you like your backdoor exploited? More coming up. (laughs) 855-450-FREE. Yes, this is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the Monday edition, the Captain's edition, if you will. Captain's Log, Gregorian date, February, what is it, the 3rd today? February 3rd, 2020. Uh, We're here talking about all sorts of things, and you can join us. Our number is 855-450-3733. With you tonight, it's myself, the Captain. It's Ian. And nobody. And uh, we have some folks uh, on hold waiting to talk to us. 
Did we? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we're gonna go with uh, Ralph in Maine. You are on Free Talk Live. What's going on, Ralph? Yeah. <clears throat> well, trade war with China to uh, coronavirus. Is this part of the trade war? I mean, what the stock market in China dropped eight percent as soon as they opened up the. Uh, stores like Levi's, the largest store they had in China, and Wuhan closed. Uh, Apple closed all their stores. Pharmaceutical companies, financial companies, technology companies, they're all evacuating their workforce out. You know, I just wanted to say that, like, the Project for a New American Century, you guys are familiar with that. Yeah, the, I've the heard of it. Exact, the exact quote from that is, biological warfare that can't, Target that targets specific genotypes may transform biological warfare from the realm of terror into a politically useful tool. So you That's think the, this the was an attack you, on China by some other government, the U.S.? Is that what you're saying? Hey, they're saying that uh, this this virus was stolen. That uh, didn't they arrest uh, the Harvard professor who was uh, researching that and some grad students? I haven't heard students, anything about and, that. Oh, yeah. Well, it may well be that this guy sold it to the Chinese, but the Chinese, as as I understand it, there are two biological weapons labs in the city where the outbreak is happening. So it seems to me just as plausible that it got loose from one of their labs. Because we, yeah, but what? you know, we know how their government operates. Yeah, I mean, isn't well. it more plausible that their own government would do this to their people simply to experiment or cause lockdowns and control? Who knows? Well, that and imagine how much richer would uh, China would be if it had uh, the same amount of property and only half as many people. Uh, well, and I mean, like these these laboratories are staffed with human beings, right? And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm a human. I make mistakes all the freaking time, right? I, right. I, I, you know, people are like, "Oh, you seem like a smart dude," and I do dumb things all the time, right? Uh, it's not too far fetched to think that somebody working in one of these labs, you know, like, oh, I don't know, picked their nose after touching a countertop inside of a, you know, a sterile area or something along those lines. So apparently, yeah. there was a Harvard uh, professor that has been arrested, according to Nature dot com. Researchers have reacted with shock to the arrest of Charles Lieber, a prominent Harvard chemist and nanotechnology pioneer who's been charged with making false statements to the U.S. government about receiving research funding from China. I heard about that yesterday. He has uh, been known for engineering new nanomaterials and developing their applications in medicine and biology. He was arrested just a few days ago. Two days later, uh, he was released on a $1 million cash bail The charges focus on his alleged involvement in China's Thousand Talents Plan, a prestigious program designed to recruit leading academics to the country. Documents outlining the charges allege Lieber received hundreds of thousands of dollars from the Wuhan University of Technology in China and agreed to lead a lab there. So I just I want to make sure I heard what I think you just said. And that is, he was arrested for saying things, not saying or or not. Yeah, I guess he did. He made making false statements, statement, yeah. making false statements according to whom? It's what they went uh, after Martha Stewart for. Remember, you'd lie to oh, the yeah. federal agents, you go to prison. So much. That's for why freedom you don't of speech. talk to the federal agents, right? And- 
they can lie to you. They can lie to you and tell you all kinds of things that are false, and they don't get in trouble for it. But uh, if you lie, well, they're uh, the tyrant. You're the peasant. Right, Uh, Ralph. You had mentioned something about the virus being stolen. What do you know about that? Yeah, didn't didn't they intercept uh, 21 vials of that virus at uh, Logan Airport? Uh, I don't believe so. I haven't heard anything about that, and that would be huge news. I would think so. Um, that's what I heard. I'd, I'll have to go look and see exactly where that came from, but that's the talk on the internet. So, but anyway, you know, wow, that that meat market that that uh, epicenter of that virus uh, is 20 miles from the, that uh, class or level four military virus lab. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, you know, I know. Look it's... what that's doing to the Chinese economy. Yeah, that, that's one way of bringing jobs home, huh? Well, it's guys? an interesting theory. I mean, I gotta say, it's the first I've heard that the, suggesting that the coronavirus in China is an attack uh, on the Chinese people by some outside source rather than the Chinese government. I've not heard that one yet. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, thanks, could for, be. thanks for the call, Ralph. Yeah. Uh, good, good points. Good call. Um, All right. I, could be. And this, by the way, this uh, person here, and yeah, thank you for the call. Uh, this person who was arrested, this Harvard professor, I mean, they're not necessarily saying that he was involved in the coronavirus. He received money from the Chinese uh, university and then, I guess, was not straightforward about that when questioned by government agents. I did see some video of uh, Wuhan uh, that was uh, purportedly taken by drones because, well, they're not letting anybody out in the streets at this point, um, of the empty streets of Wuhan. And creepy, huh? You know, if you've never seen a large city with empty streets, it's pretty creepy. Like, I mean, they show it in movies, like disaster yeah. movies or whatever. And if you thought that was life. creepy in the movie, just imagine like some, you know, 1080p or or better quality, you know, footage from a drone around, you know, a large city in China. Um, it is pretty creepy. The uh, well, well. Anyway, go ahead with the next call. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, this is Jr who uh, appears to be in New Hampshire listening on LRN.FM. JR, you're on Free Talk Live. And y'all, I want to talk about how I met Dave Mustang last week. Hello, me. me like face, Can you turn him up? I, I, I like Facebook and blocked and blocks me from calling in. Because that's the kind of man you are, Captain Asslicker. Oh, all right. James. You got you to hit dump on that. You got to hit dump on that. Dump button. Yeah. Dump you yeah. got to drop him. You got to drop that call. We got to drop yep. that call. Yeah. You can't say uh, you can't say that on the radio. What he said. So next time you hit dump, uh, drop first, and then hit. Yeah. Dump. Yeah. I got it wrong, and yeah. I also I hit cough instead of dump at first, but yeah. then I corrected myself. Yeah, you can't say that on the radio because it describes uh, sexual act and in great detail or very kind of uh prurient manner and that's generally looked on pretty askance that's too bad uh you know well it it, it is because there is a first amendment in this country but for some reason it's not um i mean there shouldn't be an fcc licensing radio station yeah i agree with you i agree agree with you but it. it may be the case that even in the absence of an fcc that many stations wouldn't want to allow that kind of content on their airwaves it yeah. may upset and advertisers sure. that's fine and it's yeah. up to them then on an individual basis to decide that but for you know an overarching uh you know all powerful harbinger of death to have an agency that says you can't say these seven words on the air I'm sorry. I'm oh, I know what I was going to say. Did you guys see the pictures of, and I'm sure there's video, but of the Chinese flights 
coming out of that area, they're like spraying down people coming off the flights. Did you see that? I, I didn't see that specific footage, but I heard and and saw an article where uh, they were basically doing the equivalent of spraying Lysol all over Wuhan. They had people in you know these big tanks spraying disinfectants everywhere. Really, that yeah. sounds crazy. See, I saw that. You know, hazmat and I was suits thinking- and all that. You know, I wonder, they could be spraying disinfectant, or, or if it gets bad enough, they could use the same uh, the same city, the same technique to sterilize the city without, a, without using a nuke. Meaning sterilize and, to stop people from breeding, or sterilize- To kill to, everybody in the city. To kill people, okay. Yeah, I mean, that theory's yeah. been around for a I long mean, time, right? I mean, that's the last thing you do when the thing's out of hand. If you had, like, a new plague or something going on, and, and you knew that it was contained to a certain geographic area, uh, you know, it, far be it for me to say a government would never drop a nuke on a large populace to stop something like yeah, that. Yeah, but, but, like, but there are easier ways to sterilize an area. That is a fact- uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy, you know, seeing people just kind of getting off a plane and just being sprayed down with whatever the hell it was that they were doing. Like the dudes in the hazmat suits, stand, like three or four of them with some sort of product in a sprayer, just mm-hmm. hosing people down with whatever it was just yeah. as they get off the plane and then locking them in quarantine. And you know it ain't yeah. miracle Grow, right? <laughs> whatever it is, it, I don't suspect it's good for you. I've, uh, I- well, it's probably if, if you have some of this uh, on the outside of your body and it isn't yet on the inside of your body, mm-hmm. it's probably better for you than having that get inside. Your thoughts coming up. Uh, would you like government agents to spray you with disinfectant when you get off an airplane? Let us know your opinion. 855-450-FREE. Like freedom. This is Free Talk Live. Have you heard of LibertyCon? LibertyCon is not only a convention with great speakers like Whole Foods CEO and co-founder John Mackey and Nobel Prize winner Vernon Smith, but it's also unique because you get a chance to network with more than 70 pro-liberty organizations one-on-one for the purpose of career advancement, business, and internship opportunities. Visit LibertyCon.com and use code FTL for a $10 discount on your registration. Learn more at LibertyCon.com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Coming to you live seven days a week from our studio in Keene, New Hampshire. It's the Monday Kick-Ass Edition. With you tonight, it's me, Captain Kick-Ass, and... It's Ian. And nobody. And we are here for many, many reasons. Uh, One of the reasons that we're here is to tell you about AnyPay. Do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Now with AnyPay, you can earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses. Finally, a financial incentive to spend Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you receive the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app. Add your real add. I'm sorry, and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Once you download the Cash Register app, then you install it at real life businesses, and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. That's AnyPayInc.com. You'll get the rewards for that. 
the ongoing commissions for signing up businesses uh, are yours. So it's a real great financial incentive for you to do the work, you to get the rewards. For every sale, it all adds up. That's anypayinc.com. Uh, let's go straight to your calls. It looks as if we have Joe calling from Michigan. He wants to talk about smartphones and apps. Joe, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I think the uh, whole privacy type thing, I think that's gone. I mean, I think, you know, I honestly, I believe, I mean, it sounds crazy. I think we're going to be, a, we could see in the next few years where these technology, like our smartphones, is going to start being planted into our bodies. Oh, yeah, there's um, already folks doing, um, you know, technological body modifications where they're installing sensors in their own bodies. We could be like, you know, Ghost in the Shell or something. Or I saw a movie called Anon on, on Netflix where, guy, you know, he's a Clive Owen, he's the actor in it, but he's walking down the street and basically everybody he looks at, it's like their Facebook profile pops up. Oh, yeah. You know, their name and all this stuff and, and his in his head, he, you know, and it could it could get to that. You know, Ray sure. Kurzweil, he's been talking about enhanced humans and all this stuff for a long time. And um, yeah, it's really right around the corner. You know, I mean, it's not going to be not going to be long before those things would be relatively simple and affordable. Well, the technology oh, yeah, already can, exists that right. a, that a cop can sit in his car and get that information on a laptop. On yeah, and good luck. Good luck hiding or trying to, you know, because they'll be able to, I mean, it'll, they'll be able to track you and, you know, basically your smartphone will be in your body. So. Yep. 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 That's true. So, Creepy, right. but that's our future. Thanks for taking one. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks all right. for the call. Thanks for the call, Joe. You have a great night. Um, yeah, I, I've read a little bit about uh, some of these. Uh, I, I, there's a term for it, and it's not body modification because that refers to the folks who are doing, like, piercings and, like— It's called cybernetics. Right, but there's a— When you build devices into your body, you literally become a cyborg. Right, but there's That's another term for it that I, that I can't remember right now. But, I mean, they already have, like, you know, cell phones the size of a microchip, right, that they can embed in, like, sunglasses, right? So uh, I was reading something about uh, somebody's doing prototypes of ones that they embed behind your ear, right, like in your skull, they they literally just slice open behind your ear and embed a chip that's supposed to be a cell phone, mm. uh, you know, behind your ear, stuff like that. So, you know, or the I, bone conduction uh, modification, right? You know, could actually like put a, a bone conductor in your body. I, I'm sure, presume this is possible, right? Because they have the headphones with the bone conductors on the outside of your body. Correct. And the idea is that uh, you can hear it. But you can also hear other things that are going on. So it doesn't like, you know, if you're like a runner, for instance, the bone conducting allows you to listen to music, but also hear the cars around you. Yeah, the the tipping point will, of course, be uh, when digital technology is able to talk to biotechnology, right? So currently, digital technology in its current forms can't really interface with biotechnology. There's not a way to do that. But once somebody figures out how to do that, then you're going to see stuff like The Matrix, where you can download Kung Fu and well, don't they already have nanotechnology? Know. Isn't that basically... Uh, nanotechnology, it, I mean, it's, you know, right now it's micro-robots mm-hmm. in your blood system. Yeah. You know, kind of, or in your stomach doing things for you, right? Um, but it's not necessarily uh, talking to your biochemistry. 
Mm. Right. It's it's doing things to help you. Like, you know, a doctor says, oh, you know, this guy has got to have, you know, I don't know, less acid in his stomach. So they dump a bunch of, you know, nanobots into your gut and they sort of, you know, eat up all the acid or something like that. Yeah. You know, um, again, but, we're right around the corner. From right around stuff. the corner. I, mean, I remember like maybe hmm, 15 years ago. I'll take some bicarbonate of soda. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, uh, vinegar, supposedly, uh, if you've got heartburn, uh, you want to chug vinegar uh what works for me is uh just a, a shot of pickle juice right from the dill pickle jar in the fridge that's funny because both of those are sour so they're acidic i would i would expect a uh yeah heartburn uh is actually a result of too little acid really uh, in in your stomach and that's why it feels like it burns because there's not enough hmm. of it to go on so you just add a little bit more and it goes oh away. okay um yeah, yeah you know these are kick-ass thoughts so you yeah. want to hear more about uh whatsapp and the back door yes that- i do uh, is purportedly in there, according to Telegram's founder, Pavel Durov. He predicted uh, that this was going to happen. That is to say that this this backdoor in WhatsApp would be uh, used and take advantage of you know people like Jeff Bezos, who was apparently uh, hacked by this backdoor in WhatsApp. And now as a result, the U.N. apparently is recommending its officials remove WhatsApp for, from their devices. Given the gravity of the situation, Durov writes here on his blog, he says, One would expect Facebook and WhatsApp to apologize and pledge not to plant backdoors in their apps going forward. Instead, they've announced that Apple, not WhatsApp, was to blame. Facebook's vice president claimed that iOS, rather than WhatsApp, had been hacked. Do you think Donald Trump has a, has a, the Twitter app running on his phone? Probably. <laughs> oh, I imagine he does. If you follow my blog, he says, you know, I'm not exactly an Apple fanboy. iOS devices have loads of privacy-related issues, but this was not one of them for two reasons. One, WhatsApp's corrupt video vulnerability was present not only on iOS, but also on Android and even Windows phone devices, meaning on all mobile devices with WhatsApp installed. Two, the security fault was not present in other messaging apps on iOS. Had Jeff Bezos relied on Telegram instead of WhatsApp, he wouldn't have been blackmailed by people who compromised his communications. Wow. Consequently, the issue was not iOS-specific, but WhatsApp-specific. In their marketing, WhatsApp uses the words end-to-end encryption as some magic incantation that alone is supposed to automatically make all communications secure. However... This technology is not a silver bullet that can guarantee you absolute privacy by itself. He says Telegram rolled out end-to-end encryption for mass communication years before WhatsApp followed suit, and we've been mindful not only of the strengths but also the limitations of this technology. Other aspects of a messaging app can render end-to-end encryption useless. Here are three examples of what can go wrong. First, there are backups. Users don't want to lose their chats when they change devices, so they back up the chats in services like iCloud, often without realizing the backup's not encrypted. The fact that Apple was forced by the FBI to abandon encryption plans for the iCloud is telling. That's one of the reasons why Telegram never relies on third-party cloud backups and secret chats are never backed up anywhere. Second, there are backdoors. Enforcement agencies are not happy with encryption, forcing app developers to secretly plant vulnerabilities in their apps. Well, you know how much governments love to violate your backdoors. Indeed. And he says, I know this because we've been approached by some of these governments and refuse to cooperate. As a result, Telegram has been banned in some countries where WhatsApp has no issues with authorities, most suspiciously in Russia and Iran. Yeah, and I just want to point out for our listeners that governments are asking software providers 
to give them access that they won't even give themselves to their software applications. If that doesn't scare you into, uh, you know, otherwise wanting to protect, uh, you know, what your information is, all the information that you're putting out there in every way, shape, or form that you can, I don't know what will. So he's saying here, hey, you know, WhatsApp is claiming they're encrypted. But they're totally allowed in countries like Russia and Iran, whereas Telegram has been banned from those countries for not going along with the uh, demands that they've made. And he's got another example that I'll share with you coming up as well. Freetalklive.com. free like freedom that's our phone number toll free 855-450-3733 call in and talk about whatever you'd like uh i am here tonight because well i like to be here and talk about freedom and i like to be joined by my cohorts and tonight we have uh it's ian and nobody and uh we were talking a bit about whatsapp and uh, some back doors that are being built into it at the government's behest. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay. They're not going to admit that, obviously. They want you to believe that it's secure and, and encrypted. And uh, the one of their competitors, Telegram, uh, Pavel Durov, who is allegedly a Russian anarchist, uh, he is not impressed with WhatsApp, and he's saying that he believes there are back doors in WhatsApp. He's talking about different ways that these programs, these messaging apps, specifically Facebook's WhatsApp, can be taken advantage of. He mentions uh, backups, for instance, where users back things up, uh, like a plain text backup, basically, of their supposedly secret chats, which they then put on something like iCloud. And, uh, of course, there was news recently that the FBI got Apple to abandon their plans to encrypt iCloud, which, again, you still have to take their word for it that it's actually encrypted, but they've just abandoned them uh, entirely. And then he talks about the back doors, pointing out that Telegram has been banned in countries where WhatsApp is allowed. And he says they've been approached at Telegram by law enforcement and demanded to put security vulnerabilities into their app, back doors into their app. They, He says they <sighs> refuse. so disturbing. And so that means that those same you know agencies that approach Telegram, you know they approached WhatsApp, right? So he's suggesting that because the uh, WhatsApp is allowed in countries where Telegram's been banned because they wouldn't go along with the program, that suggests that there are back doors. And he says further that back doors are are usually camouflaged as accidental security flaws. In the last year alone, 12 such flaws have been found in WhatsApp. Some of them were critical, like the one that got Jeff Bezos. Some might tell you WhatsApp is still, quote, very secure, unquote, despite having seven backdoors exposed in the last 12 months. But that's just statistically improbable. Telegram, an application used by hundreds of millions of people, including heads of states and large companies, has had no issues of that severity in the last six years. Now, look, I don't want to be—I don't want to be total, you know, cheerleader for Telegram. I still don't think you should trust them either. Okay, right. just because you don't know, it's not 
I don't think it's open source. I've never actually looked into that. That's a good question. I doubt it is. Um, but, but a good uh, indicator is that it's banned by other invasive governments. Yeah, that is an, a good indicator. And uh, yeah, I like Telegram, and I do believe that this guy is a pretty libertarian dude who who runs the country a company. So I, if you got to choose an app to talk to people on, Telegram's definitely a better choice than the one made by Facebook. But if you need security, you need to take some extra steps, right? Like you should get PGP, you should learn how to use it, and uh, and you should use it. But going on, so he's talking about the accidental security flaws. He says Telegram, uh, again, hasn't had these issues, anything of this severity in the last six years. Third, there are flaws in encryption implementation. How can anybody be sure that the encryption WhatsApp claims to use is the one actually implemented in their apps? Mm -hmm. Their source code is hidden, and the app's binaries are obfuscated, making them hard to analyze. On the contrary, okay, he's going to answer my question here. Telegram's apps have been open source, and its encryption fully documented since 2013. That's pretty impressive. Of course, even with open source software, if you don't compile it yourself from sources... You still don't know. uh, You don't know if the software they're advertising is the software they're running. Um so that's problematical even even then. Well, he does say Telegram supports verifiable builds for both iOS and Android, meaning anyone can make sure the source code on GitHub and the Telegram app you download are the same thing. Nice, you can do it Nice. No other messaging app is doing that for both mobile yeah. operating systems. I've never heard of it being done, but theoretically it would work. He says none of the others are doing it, and one might just start wondering why. Don't let yourself be fooled by the tech equivalent of circus magicians who'd like to focus your attention on one isolated aspect, all while performing their tricks elsewhere. They want you to think about end-to-end encryption as the only thing you have to look at for privacy, but the reality is much more complicated. He says, and he's wrapping up here, he says, Some could say that, as a founder of a rival app, I may be biased when criticizing WhatsApp. Of course I am. Of course I consider Telegram secret chats to be significantly more secure than any competing means of communication. Why else would I be developing and using Telegram? However, the statements in this post are based on facts, not personal preference. And he's got a ton of references, by the way, throughout this post. And I'll post it on our uh, social media at uh, telegram.freetalklive.com, toot.freetalklive.com over on Mastodon, and twitter.freetalklive.com. And he says, finally, and just like the code of the Telegram app, these facts are verifiable and further supported by third-party sources below. When it comes to security, nobody should take anybody's word for granted. So. (laughs) That's a pretty cool uh, piece there by uh, Pavel Durov. So if you've still if you're using WhatsApp, you need to ask yourself why at this point. Let's uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, we have Gene, the Christian anarchist, calling in. Gene, can you hear us? Uh, looks like our microphone is muted there for some reason. Am I seeing that right from from here? He may not be able to to hear you. So we may have to do some All right. uh, some tech. Gene, tech support stuff and probably have to do that during a break gene hold hold the line we'll come back to you and uh we'll uh, take care of some technicalities um oh, why it's always best to screen a call indeed yeah um you know i i like telegram you know i've been using it uh, mm-hmm. a bit since i've uh you know relocated here to new hampshire and uh you know, I love the secret chat bit right and the fact that or at least supposedly the fact that it disappears Right. Once, you know, you've deleted it or whatever, you're done with it. It's gone. There's no record of it. Right. Nobody can, you know, find a copy of it laying about, you know, in your attack and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, and I'm inclined to, you know, believe what you've read here with it being open source. And it is difficult for the layperson to go compare, like, code for code. You to know, compile once, yeah. code and then yeah. you get a hash of yeah. the... Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not going to go... Open source is still not a panacea, though, with a, because there's one thing that what he's said so far hasn't ruled out, which is you don't know what they're running on their server. True. So yeah. that would be... Uh, you'd still have have to think about that. Well, uh, now I don't know if they published their server source code, but good but question. even so, there's no way to prove what what version version of a piece of software is is running on a machine. Yeah. Um, and I know, too, that, like, you know, there's always the end user, right, whomever you're trying to communicate with that can, you know, do something simple, like take a screenshot and, you know, save it on a on a drive somewhere or what have you. Um, you know, pretty easy to do. It's one of my annoyances on, on the social media is when somebody's upset with somebody else, they'll take and share a bunch of screenshots yep. about conversations that they've had with, you know, over the chat or whatever. And it's like, really, could you be more juvenile, right? I want to bring up something that you said 300 years ago. You know, it's like, you mm-hmm. saved that for that long? Really? Like, you were just waiting for this day, weren't you? Call in, tell us what you think about, well, anything. It's called Free Talk Live. FreeTalkLive.com, 855-450-FREE. Like freedom. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at Edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies including Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. Free Talk Live, and you can join us. Our telephone number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. And uh, I want to tell you uh, about ForkFest 2020. I'm pretty stoked about this particular event. I've uh, never been able to go to you know any of those types of things. Yes, tell us about the event you've never attended. Yes, I, I'm <laughs> I'm very stoked to join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians uh, from June 29th until July 5th for Fork Fest 2020 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest happens the week after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which I've also never been to. And ForkFest is decentralized, which means no one is in charge. I called Rogers Campground today and reserved our RV site for the Free Talk Live Broadcast Center. Nice. Mission control established. We're going to be right up front when people come into the park. We're going to have like that prime real estate. We can hang the banner and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, so uh, it's decentralized, and that also means there's no ticket cost. Just reser- reserve uh, your camping RV site or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 29th until July 5th. Where better to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire? 
I can't think of a better place. You can simply relax and go camping with other Liberty lovers, or you can create whatever experience or event you'd like others to have. If you're planning an event for ForkFest, be sure to let others know in advance. You can connect with other ForkFesters via the unofficial Telegram chat or the ForkFest forum. Links to those are on the unofficial website, ForkFest.party. That's ForkFest.party. And, uh, you know, come on out. Party with the captain and, uh, you know, his band of cohorts, also known as co-hosts. It'll be fun. I'm, I'm planning on having a good time. I uh, I decided that I'm not going to really do a thing, right? I'm just going to experience Check it. Check it out. Yeah, yeah, I think the first time anyway. That's doing a thing. Well, right. But, I mean, I'm not going to, like, plan to, like, have, like, a booth or something, like, some thing right. that I do. Just because I, you know, I, I want to go and experience it first, and then I'll figure out what I want to do. That the makes next sense to me. Yeah, you have to really, you have to know something about the market before you before you know what's going to What's going to sell? Right, figure out what's missing, well. for instance. Exactly. Or what you could do better. Heck yes. Uh, and let's go to your calls. Uh, we have Gene, the Christian anarchist, calling in on our Discord line. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Probably best I call in at the end of the day, because after this call, you're going to have a whole bunch of angry callers. All so. right. Well, what's on your sooner? Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring up something that hit Drudge for one night and then disappeared, and it's this... Uh, Thing between Mick Jagger and Ray Dawn. I don't know if you saw that. It was the actress. It was the blue, the actress Ray Dawn. Okay, haven't heard that Mick name Jagger. since the eighties. Like Ray Dawn yep. Chong, like Tommy Chong's daughter. That's the one. Anyway, um, so this was on Drudge, and then it just kind of disappeared because it doesn't fit the uh, the current propaganda about how women are all victims of, of male dominance. Anyway. She let out in an interview that when she was 15 years old, she slept with Mick Jagger. And she said she absolutely states that it was her choice, that she was not a victim. Good for and her. And that, that she consented to everything that they did. And, of course, Mick Jagger, Sir Mick, is uh, silent about the whole thing. He's not saying anything because in the current uh, political environment you can't talk about things like that but i lived through the 60s and i know i mean i didn't have i was not a rock and roll star but i saw the the crazed teenage girls screaming and just going crazy over the rock and rollers in the 60s and all that footage of like elvis and like the beatles and all the screaming teenage girls yeah yeah. And you know, they all wanted to sleep with the rock and rollers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for all the prudes out there who think that this is not a thing, but it is. And it was. And it's, you know, I'm sure it still is. But today, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons young teenagers and uh, and young men don't have sex anymore is because they're scared to death of these uh, women going ape on them and saying that they, you know, they touched them where they weren't supposed to. And, you know, even though the girl was all over them, she's going to go home and say, oh, I didn't really mean to do that. And, yeah, you're right. You know, the way the laws are written, too, it makes it real easy for somebody to falsely claim uh, against another person, whether it's male or female. Uh, it just makes it real easy for them to do so and to put uh, people's entire lives in jeopardy by, by doing that. Um, And I don't know why we have decided that 18 year old is some kind of magic number, because most of us, our grandparents or our great grandparents got married when they were 15, 16, 
I mean, uh, yeah, the magic back number in, the in New day, Hampshire is sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and why should why is that even a magic number? But what I'm getting at is the political environment today. It's just gone crazy. Now that I'm not certainly I'm not advocating that young people should be getting raped or having too much sex or anything of that nature. But young people have been having sex since Romeo and Juliet and even before then. Yep. We don't really know what was going on. I well, mean, this is why I say bo- that statutory rape is an insult uh, to real rape victims to call what happened between Radon Chong and Tommy Chong, or not Tommy Chong, that's her dad, uh, but to, uh, to call what <laughs> happened between uh, Radon Chong and, uh, what was it, Jagger? Mick, Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. Uh, a, a, you know, rape is an insult to, you know, people who've actually been raped, forcibly, you know, had sex with against their will. She says here in the New York Post reporting on this story, uh, that sh- she says, quote, he wasn't that much older than me in my brain. He was 33 and young and gorgeous with a nice body, she told the Daily Mail. She said it wasn't a bad thing. It was fabulous. Totally rock and roll. He didn't make me do anything I didn't want to. But he was very vain, always looking in the mirror, <laughs> she said uh, during it. And she says further, quote, he never asked me how old I was and I never told him. It never came up. So... And I'd, and I'd like to point out that most of all the idols that we have today, most of all the, the 60s and 70 era rock and rollers, they've all had sex with underage girls. And I would like to point out, and this one here is one that really gets me in trouble a lot, because I grew up in the Vietnam era, and I didn't go to Vietnam but because I was an anti-war protester. But I knew Thank you I had for friends your service. Who, <laughs> I had friends who went to Vietnam and came back and we had, you know, we'd sit around and smoke some dope together at when they came back and things. And they would tell me about the young uh, Vietnamese prostitutes that they were sleeping with, like 14, 15 years old. And so if you're going to claim today that doing that is statutory rape, then I'm going to tell you that a good percentage of our vets who came back from Vietnam are rapists because they were definitely having sex with those underage prostitutes in Vietnam. Now, you're not going to find any vets today that are going to admit to that, and they're probably going to want to, you know, want me to shut up about it, but I know it's true. But and was they it know statutory rape in Vietnam? It doesn't matter. I mean, if you're going to say it's 15, then it's 15 all over the world. You don't just say it's 15 here and not somewhere else. Right. I, I think Gene's pointing out the moral dilemma versus the legal dilemma. The legal dilemma would you know, make it you know, whatever in whatever geographic area of whatever government happens to be in charge. Uh, but so a good point, Gene. And I, I know uh, some Vietnam vets. Uh, I've done some some charity work for some organizations that you know try to help folks who came back from you know different wars and that kind of a thing, and uh, you know in befriending some of them, they have uh, stories that match what you're saying. You know, so I mean, it's and and I don't think you'll get too many of them that'll open up about it now because of the political environment that we're in. Agreed. Yeah. And basically, they will get hanged from a spit, and I don't think that's fair either. I don't think that that they should be. Yeah, uh, it's certainly interesting times, but I am really glad that you called and pointed this out tonight, Gene. It's a, a good call. We appreciate you calling in, as yeah. always. Interesting story. I hadn't heard about it. Uh, and you can call us as well. 855-450-FREE is our phone number. Uh, 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. 
Greetings, salutations. This is Free Talk Live, where you can call in and talk about whatever you want. Take control of the airwaves yourself. We're live seven days a week, and you can also find us at freetalklive.com. You can call us at our toll-free number, or you can sound as if you're in the studio by joining our Discord channel. That's discord.lrn.fm. Tonight, I am your host, Captain Kickass, and I am joined with... It's Ian. And nobody. And uh, let's just continue with the calls right now. Uh, We have, as soon as I can get to it, uh, looks like we have Marcus calling from uh, Toronto, Canada. Uh, You are a flat earther, is that right, Marcus? Yeah, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear us? Oh, yeah. Awesome. You are on the air. What's going on? Well... I was wondering if you guys ever touched the topic of flat earth. Uh, well, we're an open like... phones radio show, so all kinds of kooks call into this program. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Well, I, you know, all, all I know is that, you know, flat earthers are popping up all over the globe. I've been told that the flat earth society... <laughs> yeah. I've been told the flat earth society has offices all around the world. Yeah. Well, the, the flat earth society was actually bought out. And, and nobody really buys into it because they're saying that the flat earth is also flying towards the great attractor, which what's uh, that? huge problem. What's, what's the it. great attractor? Well, see, according to the heliocentric model, the, where everything flies around the sun, like the, what you've basically learned, we all learned in school, just right. I'm, Right along with you on that, and later on clued into it's all a pile of shit. LRN.FM. Well, that's too bad. No, it's really not too bad. Good riddance. That is, well, I mean, it's too bad. Not sorry to see another flat earther get off the phones. God, it's so awful. Um, You know, I realize he tried to correct himself, but it was already too late. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, we have a zero tolerance policy for for uh, those certain words that you can't say on the radio. I always come back to Grandfather George Carlin. Well, you're not banned forever. You just can't call back the same night. So if he wants to call and talk about flat earth kookery, uh, he's welcome to do that. I was wondering, if the earth is flat, then how thick is it? You should have asked him that, you I know? guess. Well, I was going to, yeah. but you know, he, uh, he uh, exited stage left, yep. Adios. As, it were, as it were. Uh, we never knew you. So uh, during, uh, you know, while you were hearing all sorts of things from our sponsors, we were talking about the unflattering picture of Radon John. <laughs> well, I mean, she's an older lady uh, yeah. at this point. Uh, she doesn't look like she did in the 1980s. I mean, who does? Uh, most, she it, looks like a, a grandmother with glaucoma who's smoking marijuana to ease the pain. Well, if that's true, well, then, she may yeah. she may be all yeah. the, all three of those things. A lot of people who were young in the eighties are a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> we can always count on your wisdom, nobody. I appreciate that. Uh, so you said you had a related topic. Well, uh, since we talked a lot about retail uh, tonight, with the uh, you know the discussion we had earlier about the invasive apps and tracking and MAC addresses and things like that. I thought it was uh, there was an interesting piece over at CNBC 
And I believe I pulled it out of our uh, chat server at discord.lrn.fm, which you can go. And there's a really good room there called News Show Prep that listeners will just drop stories into that they think we'll, we're interested in. And a lot of times there's a ton of good stuff in there that we just don't even have a chance to cover. Um, and this is one of those pieces that uh, is just a reminder of where we're at here in, in the year 2020 with retailers having some serious difficulty uh, CNBC reporting that last month, many New York City residents awoke to surprising news that could change their shopping routines, as well as the items in their refrigerators. Local grocery chain Fairway, known for its no-frills atmosphere and extensive selection of items like cheese and seafood, had filed for bankruptcy, not just for the first time, but for the second time. It's a scenario that getting is getting more common for traditional retailers as they find themselves under pressure from a sea change in where and how people are shopping. Retailers like Barney's and Radio Shack have found themselves on the brink twice, going through a bankruptcy filing once, emerging, and then heading back to court again in some number of years later. Uh, In cases where the company files specifically for Chapter 11 twice, the scenario is referred to as Chapter 22. (laughs) Quote, We deal with the sick industries, and retail has been a sick industry for a while, said the chairman of the Restructuring and Bankruptcy Group at New York law firm Eric Feinstein. Overall, the number of retail bankruptcies is rising. There were 22 retail bankruptcies in 2019 compared to 17 in 2018. According to tracking by CB Insights, the firm has tracked over 80 retail bankruptcies dating back to 2015. Well, and I'm going to take a guess as to why that is, why the bump in the number of bankruptcies being being filed by retailers. Mm-hmm. Because the government makes it real difficult for businesses to adapt right uh, adaptation you know if you have an existing like brick and mortar type of uh, a, an establishment and you want to transition into the more digital world right the thing or if you have a digital thing and you want to transition into brick and mortar right the number of hoops that you have to jump through as a business licensing insurance you know all of the things that they require for you to do that what right, would are, the requirements be to Go digital. I mean, what are you referring to there? Well, I mean, if they want to expand uh, their empire in any way, shape, or form, right? Well, what uh, normally, I mean, I would, I would agree with you when you, you're saying... You want, to, you want to open a new location somewhere, right? Well, you've got to go and get your license from that city for well, that yeah, but location. Yeah, now you're talking about the reverse. Taxes, so I don't disagree right? with you in the reverse. If right. you have no locations and you want to open a location, right. then yeah, you've got to deal with licensing and all that crap. But if you already have a location and you want to go digital, I'm not sure what exactly government rules are standing in the way of you there uh, there's nowhere near as many yeah I, I i may not have thought that through yeah it seems like a lot easier to go digital than it does i, I to think go that from it, the i reverse. think that it, that it would be but i mean still like if you're not going to do all of the fulfillment yourself then you've got a contract with some other company you know and but there's and no government there's, rules there's expenses necessarily get involved. involved with that i don't think you can blame the government here for, for that one i think that right. you have to blame the the way business tends to be which is if it's working you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And old guard industries are slower to change, especially bigger companies. We've all worked for mega and corporations. it's not necessarily clear as an economist to me that they should change. I mean, they so, certain companies have core competencies. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things that are, that are that they're good at doing, and they're not necessarily going to become good at doing 
the next thing to, that gets popular. That's, that's not true. Necessarily yeah, that's reasonable true. And to die. expect. So it may well sh- it it may well should be that the old co- older companies should just die off yeah. and be replaced by newer companies whose core competencies are in demand now. Well, that's that's absolutely true, and that's what's going to happen to most of them. You know, the yeah. the rule is change or die, and right. these yeah. these guys don't know how to change yeah. in a lot of cases. So it's not a matter of an industry being sick. It's a matter of the market is rebound balancing, and some companies are going to go out of business through no fault of their executives, but just because it's they've reached the end of their, their lifestyle. Life. Right, it's right. the part and of the market There's cycle. no reason to expect that all corporations will be immortal. As a matter of Absolutely. fact, I think immortal corporations would itself be a sign of a very sick, mm-hmm. uh, probably government-controlled market. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. I think we're going to see very few of the retailers with which we're familiar surviving the next 20 years yeah Yeah. which doesn't mean that somebody else won't be able to come along and make a living in the same line of business also or innovate and do it better the thing is they got used to operating under one set of conditions right and if conditions change they might not be able to adjust right that's what i'm saying the older the company is the longer they've been around the bigger they are the harder it is for them to change i mean we've all worked for mega companies right like mega corporations i worked for clear channel you worked for citibank uh, I mean, these are old behemoths, and they had their time, but they're, they're yeah. not quick to change. Yeah, and it's important that people know that because, you know, when when a corporation is ready to die, let it die. The banks killed themselves through reckless behavior in 2007, 2008, when I was at Citibank. Mm-hmm. They put themselves out of business through a series of foolish business decisions and then the government came along and gave them a mulligan and that's not how any of this is supposed to work yeah i would have preferred that they die as well well you know uh we've kind of been through it today but uh, we're here seven nights a week uh from seven to ten eastern and you can find us online at freetalklive.com if you missed any part of our show or any other day you can get us at the archives at is it archive.freetalklive.com freetalklive.com don't forget lcaptainkickass.com does your dog itch scratch stink or shed like crazy come to dynavite for help order a 90-day supply of dynavite everything we tried failed except the dynavite pick up two bottles of super mega fish oil get the third bottle free Packed with omega-3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids. Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Dogs love it. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Buy two. Get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com.